0: Welcome back to Children's Church. We have changed the order of service here for uh, our purposes this morning, and I'll explain it for you just so you're not too confused um, or confused at all, hopefully. But we are going to be gathering around the table for observing the Lord's Supper today, and it's already been my prayer that it would be a very special time for you and we have moved the three-song set that we oftentimes do before the sermon to afterwards so that we are able to um, sing a bit about this time of what God has done for us. I want to give you a warning. Uh, we're going to plug some music in through this service. But then I have thought about the Satan today. I thought about what God wants to accomplish here in this place, and I've thought about the challenge that we see between these two. If we can keep one word in mind that will apply to what we're going to be talking about in the shortened time, that will be in God's word, and that's actually going to carry through to next time, we're going to use the same text, the word is distraction. So have you seen any distractions yet today that might pull us away, right? Right? So I saw our screens here. We're having some technical difficulties still following our remodel. And is that going to keep you from worshiping God? I thought our leader did a good job leading us with the words ahead of time. Some of you are thinking, this is why we need the hymnals all the time. Distractions. This microphone just fell down on the ground up here. Some of you might have noticed it up front. Distractions. What would the devil do to keep us from worshiping today? I've said this a number of times recently, and that is is that the devil is so, so good at what he does that he can take even the best things that God has given us. We're going to see three of those in God's Word today, and he can turn those things into a negative. It's hard to imagine how God could take something like communion, something like prayer, And in how how the devil, I should say, will take something like that and use it for his purposes. And yet, I want to challenge you today. That's exactly what he wants to do. So what is it that might call your attention away from the word of God or communion or singing in the next 45 minutes or so? Because the devil's got a whole bag full of tricks and he wants to use them. That's why I'm asking you to gear up Get what you can out of this time that God has intended for us to join together and be something very, very sweet. I'm going to ask for God's help for all of us as we do this. Would you bow with me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we stand in a place of war where if the devil cannot have our soul, he wants to keep us ineffective. He wants to keep us distracted. And the things that you have put in our way to help us be closer to you are so sweet and special and beautiful. And we hate the devil that he would take those good things and use them for his own purposes. Would you allow us to be as wise as serpents to see what he's doing and yet as harmless as doves to show love to those around us in a world that needs the love of Jesus Christ? We ask for your clear involvement in our time today as we open your word. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> there are sometimes in households conflicts. There's this strong opinion this way, this strong opinion this way. And the whole key to success in a household is figuring out how to get along. How to, you know, maybe pick your battles or what to forget about. What are we going to do? I had a conflict last night. It was mostly with myself myself but it was from a request that my wife gave me. Don't get nervous. I don't say negative things about my wife from the pulpit ever, and she doesn't either because I don't let her get in the pulpit. (laughs) Having said that, last night, I thought the night had wound down, and we were done for the evening, and so I made the decision to go into my pajamas. Now, I don't want to get too personal with you, but my pajamas consist of oversized athletic shorts that are very comfortable and an oversized shirt. So most of you, and this is intentional, have not seen me in my pajamas. And if I can, I might lose the respect of all the young people here. If I can go a little further than that, I'm comfortable at home when I take my T-shirt and tuck it into my athletic shorts. And you have never seen me with that look before either, and that's on purpose. Having said that, we have uh, a guest that is with us and my wife and daughter and our guest went out and picked some blueberries yesterday, brought them back to the house. And my wife said, oh, I'm out of these freezer bags. I knew you were going to go out real quick just to check on something at the church. Would you stop by the store and get me some freezer bags? Well, I was in a conflict right away because it's common that I see people that I know at the grocery store. And I did not want to go and change, and she knew where I was going with that, and she knew my pride, and so she said, just, you look fine, go ahead and go to the store. So I got in the car, and I drove down to, a, I drove to a smaller grocery store, where I might not see as many people that I know at 8.30 on a Saturday night. I parked as close to the door as I could snuck in, saw the aisle, grabbed the freezer bags, went to the self-checkout, and I was in and out of there in less than two minutes. And I took them home so that we could have some blueberries in the future. It would be perfect. What was the goal that my wife had with that task that was before me? What did she want me to get? She wanted me to get some freezer bags. We were almost out. What was my goal throughout that entire task? My goal was not to be seen by anybody that I know in my pajamas. Now, I know on the day we live in, people wear their pajamas to the store. I get that. And maybe I'll be there someday. I pray you never see what that looks like. I look a lot better on Sunday mornings than I do on Saturday nights when I'm in my pajamas. When we walk this journey that God has us in, If you have come to an understanding that you needed salvation through Jesus Christ and you've accepted that gift of salvation, what we know is that God did not take us to heaven right away, but God has left you here for a reason. And as you are here, God has given you certain things that you're going to need for your journey. What we're going to see in God's word today is that the most important things in life are not what man sees on the outside, but what God sees on the heart. And we're not going to have a typical message today. I'm using our text for next week just as a launching pad to take us to communion because it perfectly blends into our time around the Lord's table. All that to take us to our text. Would you please turn to Matthew chapter 6? Matthew chapter 6 in your Bible. I'm going to read these verses and just talk on them just for a moment. And then next week we will go into more detail. You will remember um, a key verse that stands out in the Sermon on the Mount. We've been talking through the Sermon on the Mount for several weeks. And one verse that touches just about every other place in the Sermon on the Mount is Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 20. You might be close to there. You can turn back there if you like. I also have it on the screen Matthew 5:20 we are to keep in mind with so many points in this sermon and it applies very much to what we're doing today where Jesus said unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees you will never enter the kingdom of heaven now let me remind us of what the scribes and Pharisees had become experts on Many of us are experts on something, right? You've heard the expression, expression, Jack of all trades, master of one. Maybe you've got one thing that you're really good at, that you've mastered. The scribes and the Pharisees had mastered this idea of the outward appearance. When people looked at them, they looked incredible on the outside. I'm going to read verses 1 through 8. And then 16, 17, and 18 of Matthew chapter 6. And there are three topics that we see here. Before, look up just for another minute. Before I read that, these three topics are the good things that God has given us to get through our journey. And these are things that the devil has hijacked in many a Christian's life. They're good, good things, and we'll explore them deeper in our next time together, I promise. But what I want you to see right now is the strategy of the devil, and we're leading into this time here of observing communion. Is there a chance for distraction during the Lord's table? Sure. Somebody could scream out. You might have something going on in your mind that's totally different than what we're doing here. And the devil is content. He doesn't need you necessarily doing some kind of wicked sin for him to be happy. He's happy if you're not worshiping when we join together right now. So keep that in mind. And we'll read through, uh, starting in verse number 1 of Matthew 6, where it says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward." And then he goes into the the model prayer, the Lord's Prayer. I'd like for you to skip down to verse 16. We'll see that third topic. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head, Wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. The challenge for us when we approach these areas of worship, and that's what they are, is for us to seek the approval of God, not the approval of man. And this is hard. Because most places where we go, there's somebody looking. Oftentimes we start in the right place, but we, we just unfortunately fall into some kind of a rut that makes us seek after the approval of mankind. Now, there, are, there were three, three areas that were common in the life of a Jew. One was almsgiving, giving to the poor to meet the needs of those that have less than you. There was prayer and there was fasting. These were common. And Jesus Christ, in the Sermon on the Mount, brings all three of these and says, look at what has been done with these. The devil would take these things that are central to what you need in your life, in your journey, and he would turn them into something that is a distraction. How hard do we have to work to not be distracted? Jesus speaks of these three virtues, and there is one word that he uses when he talks about all three of them. Did you catch the one kind of strong word that he used when he mentioned almsgiving and prayer and fasting? He used a word that sounds like Christ is name calling, where he said, Beware, do not be like the hypocrites. Now, a hypocrite is one that would put on an act or one that would wear a mask. And I've challenged us today in the title of the sermon, Remove Your Mask. Don't be walking around thinking that it's doing you any good at all. We have kind of a deal every year on October 31st that if somebody puts on a mask and says trick-or-treat, we will give them some candy. That's the deal. Have you ever had a young person come to your place wanting some candy and they had no costume on at all? No costume on at all. This is, this is a little bit offensive to me. You will ask, what are you? And sometimes they've got some kind of a smart response. You know, I'm a businessman or I'm my dad or something like that. There's a deal. They put on a mask. They get candy. When it comes to our God, he has something for us on our journey. But it requires the opposite. It requires that we do not wear a mask that we do not put on an act. You see, these scribes and Pharisees, they had mastered the outside. The hypocrite was one that was involved to be seen by man. Most important to them was what it looked like on the outside. I came across a story recently about Teddy Roosevelt. I enjoy history and it was during one of his times of running a campaign. And as Roosevelt was um, trying to get votes and get different leaders to support him, he had a group come to his Long Island home, and he was very intentional about what was going to take place there. Roosevelt was not dressed up in a jacket and tie. In fact, he was dressed down. Looked like he was ready to work. Teddy had his sleeves rolled up. And he asked when they got there, if they wouldn't mind if they had their conversation down at the barn, because he had some work that he had to get done. He was trying to make a pretty specific impression on these fellows. And as they came, they all walked down to the barn, and Teddy kind of leaned down and picked up the pitchfork and was talking through his spiel, which he knew what he was going to say, and then he went to scoop some hay, and he found the hay wasn't there. And he was a little bit distracted by this and a little bit bothered, and so he called out to his hired hand. And he said, John, where's the hay at? And John, not knowing exactly what to say, said, oh, I'm sorry, sir. I ain't had time to pitch it back down since the folks from Iowa were here a little bit ago. You see, Roosevelt got caught putting on a mask, something that maybe would accomplish his purposes. And can I just let you know, perhaps you've had the experience in this world that if you wear a certain mask at a certain time, there can be a payback for that. That might accomplish your purposes. And let me give you a warning as a teacher of God's word that it will get you nowhere with a God that looks upon you and you can hide nothing from him. You and I hide nothing from him. And so, it is when we are more concerned with what man thinks of us than what God thinks of us, that's when we've taken something that God has given us as an act of worship and we've turned it into a negative. We've allowed the devil to take that beautiful thing and make it into nothing. As we go into these further next time, we're going to see that Jesus Christ does not command these here, they are all assumed. For his people, it is assumed that they will be giving of what they have to help the poor. Of his people, it is assumed they will be talking to God in prayer. And it's also assumed they will have seasons where they will set aside food to, for the Jews in particular. They would have at least one time a year where they remembered something that inc- incredible that God did for them. And the devil takes... And hijacks all of these when it came to the scribes and Pharisees, and they were the ones that were standing before everyone. And so, what a breath of fresh air Jesus Christ is, as he is not concerned about what man will say. He's not saying we don't have to have a good testimony. In fact, when you backtrack a little bit, he talks about good works, he talks about men seeing your good works. So is this a contradiction we find in the scriptures? Absolutely not. Today, Satan takes these good works and he turns them into a negative for too many people. And one of the commands that these have in common when we see the negative in them is, who is the one this good work is being done for? That's the question to ask. What's my motive? Who am I doing this for? If everybody goes away, am I going to be doing it the same way? The most important things in life are what God sees in the secret place of the heart, not what man sees.